brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Prospects Live Dynasty Podcast. Don't need to check your calendars, folks. It is not Tuesday. It is a Sunday. We are recording this just a little bit earlier than usual because there's a certain hurricane barreling itself towards Florida, and I am in Tampa. So we're trying to not lose power in the middle of the next podcast. Moves it up just a little bit. We want to make sure you guys still get an episode and in a little bit more timelier fashion. We don't want to risk it. But I've been told that both Ralph Lipschitz and Matt Thompson, who are joining me here, you guys each have care packages headed my way. What, 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 what's in each of your care packages? I mean, I'm excited to open the boxes. Ralph, what, what do you got for me? Uh, I got you some of those insurance policies that you like so much that you used to clean your ceilings with from a couple weeks ago. Got you a bunch of those. Want to make sure that you got clean ceilings. Plus, what's a better time to clean ceilings than when you're sort of, uh, you know, hankering down during a hurricane. So I sent you some of those. Uh, I sent you a bottle of Astro Glide so you can stay busy during the hurricane. <laughs> Whatever you do with it is is up to you. Um, and I sent I sent I sent you and and your lovely wife um, a, a few industrial size cans of Chef Boyardee beef ravioli oh, because it, Astro, because that's it's my favorite. Comes in, right? Yes, because that's that's my favorite. I love. Oh. I love myself. Well, uh, it's gonna it's gonna loosen everything up. Right? That's why I also <laughs> that's why I also got you an enema kit, clean everything out. But <laughs> beyond beyond that, the last thing uh, I wanted to mention that uh, you know I also got for you is I got you some evaporated milk because I know as we discussed last week, you are a big milkman, Eddie, and I want to make sure yeah. that you can continue to get your milk just in case it's been sold out by all the ravaged old people running to the supermarkets. <laughs> in Brandon, Florida, to steal all the gallon jugs of milk so Eddie cannot have his whole milk, man. I'm going to try to give you what I can, evaporated milk, going Eskimo style. You know what? 100% real. Today, I walked by the empty water, like, case. I went straight to the milk and bought two gallons of milk to bring home, man. That was my priority. <laughs> I, I, I I really like that care package you're sending me, Ralph. I, I Matt, can you talk that man because that's that's some good stuff. I can't, and uh, it's kind of redundant because hope you like uh, Astro Glide because you got a lot of that going. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got, you, are, are we sponsored by Astro Glide? <laughs> we are actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we are. I knew I knew it was something that you prioritize, and I was trying to be nice, and I, I didn't talk to Ralph beforehand. Maybe I should have. So I could have got you something else. No, got you I'm that. Always happy um, to have more. Lots of uh, 
vintage vintage magazines um, that you can <laughs> have, that you can uh, use when you have no electricity. And uh, what kind and, of vintage uh, magazines, Matt? Is it like a 1978 New Yorker or like? <laughs> Is it Yankee yeah. magazine from 1983? Like, what, what do we got? A 19 a 1955 Sears catalog, J.C. Penney catalog. Okay, um, nice. Yeah, it's to, to past the time. And then I got you. Um, I did do a proactive thing. Got you a case of water because I'm sure there's charging about ten dollars for a case of water down there in Florida now. It'll, it'll be my first. Did send you so some of that. Yeah. I was, and I then was uh, just kind of uh, just taking my head out the window and just drinking. Yeah, and I got you a raincoat, so. Okay, yeah, for sure, for when the roof caves in, and yeah, I'll stay yeah. dry. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys, and, you know. And then as you, after your roof family. caves in, and you're using the insurance policies to clean it while your roof's on the floor, you can wear the raincoat to keep yourself dry. I won't be able to leave my house while the Astro Glide, I'll be slipping and sliding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the reason you're getting this podcast on a Sunday. Uh, again, thank you, Ralph and Matt, for, for your wonderful gifts. I look forward to receiving those in the mail. <laughs> All my neighbors are going to be pretty jealous. Uh, but on our Prospects Live website, we do got some recent uh, articles up, certainly the most recent one being uh, a live looks post from yours truly. Florida State League and GCL notes, some of the games I saw in August, I think I have some really good names that maybe you want to Take a look at, you know, some late looks on Clark Schmidt and then one of his penultimate start on in the Florida State League before he moved up to double A. Luis Gill, I, I got my taste of Wander Franco. And then certainly some some uh, GCO names that you might be familiar with in your deeper dynasty leagues. Kevin Alcantara, Alexander Vargas, Rain for Salinas, and then some some definitely deep cuts. Some guys that probably aren't going to go anywhere in, the, in their career, but it was interesting to see a couple of them stood out, like uh, Diorius Marte and uh, Juan Geraldo. These are guys that I had no idea prior to even seeing them that they, that they that they existed so cool to see that uh cool to kind of show up to a field and and uh get that get that experience going and of course jp he has uh he had azl notes from the texas rangers uh heriberto hernandez kind of prime time from from jp he loves heriberto hernandez he's a catcher slash first baseman slash outfield doesn't have a position really and yeah as we as we're talking right now he just hit a Big home run. JP tweeted about it, 112 miles per hour off the bat. Pretty premium exit velocity from someone in the ASIO. So there you mm. go. So you got some live lick notes, and there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot coming as the season wraps up. We're going to have some end-of-the-year uh, all-star teams, and we'll definitely have some rankings for you guys to play with, both both ASIO rankings and team previews. Just a lot. It's, it's going to be a mountain of things coming. Just because the season ended doesn't mean we slow down. It's it, That's when it really picks up. So... Definitely be on the lookout for all those goodies. Not a lot of news and notes here today, guys. Just kind of some some sparse things maybe their listeners might want to be aware of. Uh, we'll kick it off with Shed Long, Mariners infielder. He had a broken finger. For, he was out for about a month. He was activated from the IL back in AAA Tacoma. He might be a September call-up. Uh, don't know what kind of impact he'll have. Kind of Jake Fraley maybe took that spot that he maybe would have belonged to Shed Long a few weeks ago. Uh, Kyle Lewis, sticking on the Mariners, he might be a September call-up. So he he's in Double A. He's he's not in Triple A. They might just call him up uh, from Double A, according to Greg Johns of MLB.com. And since July 1st, 278, 330, 450, with seven home runs, a steal, and a, an, an, an unsightly 29% strikeout rate. And we'll keep it on the Mariners. Justin Dunn, also a likely call-up pitcher. 
His first full season at Double A, 355 ERA, 119 WHIP, 153 strikeouts, over 126 and two thirds innings. And moving on, Luis Robert. Unfortunately, he's not going to be joining Kyle Lewis and Justin Dunn and potentially uh, making their major league debuts. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, the White Sox are not considering Robert for a September call-up. We spoke about Robert a little bit last week when he reached his 30-30 benchmark on the year. He has 31 home runs, 36 stolen bases, and 12th overall pick third baseman for the Mets. Brett, is, is it Brett Batty or Brett Beatty, guys? I always forget. Uh, I, think I think it's, it's Brett Batty. Yeah, Batty? Okay, so. yeah. Brett, Brett Batty, he moves to short season for the playoffs. He was hitting 236, 355, 461 in 42 games. And old school uh, White Sox, was it? What, what did Jake Berger play? I already forgot what position he played. Third base. Third base. Uh, first third base. Towards Achilles twice. So he see the, our, our meaty third baseman taking swings and working out in Arizona. Boys, kind of low-key stuff. Uh, I was kind of surprised. Maybe see that Kyle Lewis might actually get called up. Potentially, yeah. you know, he's had a pretty mediocre year, certainly a good bounce back here after all the health issues he's run into. But I don't think one that merits a call up. What, what do you guys think about that? Matt? Uh, I think it's kind of them just finally, you know, he's finally healthy and they just kind of want to reward him and keep getting him more at bats. Um, I, I think you're right. The numbers don't really jump out at you, but it's just exciting to see Kyle Lewis stay on the field for a full season. I don't think he's unfortunately ever going to be the explosive uh, power speed athlete that, you know, he was projected out to be, but I think he can still carve out a pretty decent major league career and have some value in, in certain spots. Uh, kind of on the borderline of being an everyday player, maybe out there in Seattle with Vernon Safrali and a couple of young outfielders charging up behind him, but should get an opportunity and he's, he can be an exciting player. He's still, he's still got that power almost, for sure. I almost wonder if, He's one of the players that might have been better served moving to AAA literally just to get his confidence up with that new ball, see his sure. numbers start to inflate, and then mm. make that call to the, to the big leagues. Just just a, from a pure confidence standpoint, what do you think, Ralph? Do you think it was should, – should they have left him in AA just to kind of – which is kind of almost the highest level of minor league baseball at this point? Uh, or should they have moved him to, to AAA for a little bit? I think it was a bit of a roster crunch as to why he didn't get uh, any time in AAA. Because, I, you know, I think despite what the strikeout rate is, and I know it's it's only 11 home runs, um, and the slash line seems somewhat pedestrian. I mean, it was uh, just on the WRC+. Plus, it was 11% above league average. I've always liked the player. I've liked the skills. I know JP was relatively impressed when he saw Lewis last year uh, in extended spring training uh, in Arizona. So, I mean, or, or Instructs. It might have been Instructs, actually, where he saw Lewis. I can't remember. But regardless, um, I've always been a fan. He's a guy that I do still um, have some faith in return value. I don't think he's going to be a superstar hitter that I did think he was going to be coming out of the draft. Um, unfortunately, I just think, you know, he's been too far gone sort of with the, the knee injuries. Now, is there a potential at 24 that he could regain that speed in the offseason and, you know, maybe get, you know, potentially like, you know, full stability, like a hundred percent, maybe even improve on, you know, where he's been. It's possible guys have done it before, but I don't think you can really bank on it. That said, I do think he would be well served just in general, like with the, the juice balls. I mean, whether it's in the majors or triple A, triple A obviously would have been nice. Um, I think he would have hit well in the PCL. All the numbers look great in the PCL. Um, but I, I think the fact that he's getting the September call up is, is, a confidence builder in itself. And, uh, 
if he does see, you know, some success at the major league level, um, you know, hits, let's say four or five home runs, hits for, you know, better than a 250 average and the walk rate and strikeouts are probably in line with where he was in, in double A, which I don't know how likely the strikeout rate is, but it's possible. I think that's a big confidence builder too. It wouldn't shock me if he came up and hit. I mean, I don't think any of us thought that uh, Aquino was going to, you know, hit 20 home runs in like 40 games either, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't doubt guys that are decent hitters in the minors coming up and having an impact in the majors. Certainly, it seems like it translates, you know? I think Moose is like, still a 25 home run guy, 30 home run guy over the course of the full season. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe this, this, this stint with the, with the Mariners, if he doesn't need call up, if he doesn't need to get playing time, yeah, you're right. I, I would love, love, love to see Lewis just kind of have a nice streak. It doesn't even have to be blazing, but just just a nice, solid streak. Because I think if if any minor leaguer needs a win, I think it's Kyle Lewis after what he's been through. You know, after winning the the Golden Spikes at Mercer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That that was that's usually a precursor to really good major league success, at least over the last decade decade or so. So I really want to see him. Take off one of one of my low key favorite prospects, uh, Ralph. Uh, any, anyone else or Matt? You want to jump off on before we head on to our couple of roundtable topics? Yeah, uh, I want to think do... along. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was go ahead, Ralph. Just, yeah, I was I was going to touch on Justin Dunn for a second and uh, say, you know, I think he's one of the more underrated pitching prospects in baseball. I mean, this guy legitimately has four different pitches. He tinkers with stuff. I know at one point when I saw him. Uh, last season, he was using a, a split-finger changeup, I actually think. Um, I don't know if he's gone away from that or not. But when I was talking to scouts about him, and there was one guy from the Royals I've talked about a couple times that, you know, just consistently had followed, followed Dunn and seen him, you know, for six starts or something like that. I don't know, for whatever reason, they were keeping track of him. Probably knew <laughs> Brody was coming in and was going to start trading prospects. But he kind of said, you know, one of the things about Dunn is, you know, obviously he's a great athlete, but – um, he has the ability to sort of tinker with all of his, his offerings. He can get, you know, cut and sort of sink on, on his fastball. I can work high in the zone. And I think it's a little bit underrated. The numbers have been pretty good. Um, but I think he gets undersold from, from what he potentially could be. Um, it's not always the flashiest pitching prospects that are successful at the major league level, Right. It's not the guys with all the 60s. Sometimes it's the guys with, you know, one, you know, above average fastball with, you know, sort of plus command control and feel and some decent secondaries. And, you know, obviously, Dunn has a really good secondary in his slider, which is an absolute weapon. But there's a couple of different breaking balls. He's got a good changeup. Like I said, he's tinkered with the grips on it a few times. And um, I think he was really effective with the fastball when I saw him. And I think that's, that's continued this year in the games I've seen on tape because, unfortunately, he's out west or down south or whatever, and I can't catch him. But um, Lewis, to me, is uh, – excuse me, Lewis, Dunn. Dunn. <laughs> Dunn, to me, is a guy that, you know, could potentially come up and give him three or four starts if they want to use him that way or use him out of the pen. was a pen arm at Boston College. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's cool that Dunn's getting called up and he's skipping AAA entirely because that's a confidence killer, kind of the opposite of uh, what we were saying with Lewis. Yeah, and I think we you know last week we struggled trying to think of pitchers who could help a team 
a fantasy team down the stretch in September for September call-ups. I don't think we really considered Justin Dunn. We were kind of just kind of keeping our eyes on AAA. But certainly if Justin Dunn does come up mm. and he is given a rotation role, that's someone I wouldn't mind, you know, streaming if he, if the matchups were favorable, certainly because, you know, 29% uh, strikeout rate all over. He misses uh, bats. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's a nice kind of you know, fly ball pitcher, but certainly has the upside to give you maybe like a five-inning, nine-strikeout performance on a good day, you know. Uh, Matt, what were you going to say? I just wanted to throw a minor note in there, too, with, with Brett Batty uh, going to short season for the playoffs. The, the Mets also called up Matthew Allen uh, to yeah. go up up there as well. Allen slipped to the third round due to signability concerns, but I think all of us agree he was probably a back-of-the-first-round arm. So it'll be interesting to see um, if that if this overall draft for the Mets pays off because it was an interesting strategy because they pretty much put all their eggs in the uh, batty, uh, Matthew Allen and Josh Wolf and kind of signed up got a, got a bunch of other senior signs in the top ten rounds. So this 2019 draft is is very dependent on those three players and interesting to see how, if that strategy right. have kind of been unconventional. Um, so, you know, that's something to answer, uh, loosen up, uh, what is it, Brooklyn for the, uh, playoff run there. Sweet. All right. Some, some good notes overall there, over there. Let's pause for a random generated ad. I, I, I keep missing on these. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make it work so that, you know, what you listen to certainly goes with the fray here. So. Let's 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 take a swing here. Uh Ralph, this is the service you use on Sundays. It only works at sunset. And what is it again? Uh it's a uh, personalized bidet service. They come out onto your deck and uh they clean your butthole. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And we hope you enjoyed that ad for the personal bidet server. Uh, really good. And, you know, we hope that what you just heard really enhances your overall experience here. Of assembly right, required. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> two uh, two roundtable topics, one mini one, one main one here. Very briefly, guys, so uh, listeners out there, we will have an AFL breakdown podcast. We expect it to come out, I believe, Tuesday and it's going to be all AFL, going through the teams, going through the surprises, going, you know, Matt, you're going to go out there for the first time. JP's going to be back there. So you guys have to kind of talk about what you're excited to see out there. But very briefly, because I don't want to, you know, this is the first podcast we record since the rosters have finally been released. And please, let's never do that one-by-one one hostage situation thing again. A small nugget that you kind of took away from it, whether you're disappointed, whether you're excited about something, Ralph, I'll kick it off with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, trying to think, you know, kind of being put on the spot here a little bit, but I, I still feel that the hitting is always stronger in the AFL uh, than it is in the pitching side. 
and there's a lot more to get excited about on the hitting side. And I think that that sort of held true again this year. You know, um, it's very much a hitter's league, but uh, it's always exciting to sort of see players um, that get the opportunity to go there because there's some, you know, sort of under the radar guys that we may like that tend to get that boost. And sometimes those are the guys I wanted to see. So I think what was frustrating to me about what I had dubbed the the hostage situation in the way that they were releasing a player a day, um, hopefully that doesn't block us from ever getting access to the AFL. It's a joke. Take it that way. Um, but I want to see the middle tier guys. Like I, yeah. The big names, I know we guess some of them, you're going to get your big names, right? I, I'm not surprised about a lot of guys that are there, you know, Boehm and some of these other guys. Um, we even had some names like Carlson, whoever that were leaked, right? And Julio Rodriguez, we had heard. Um, but in the end, it's like, I, I want to know about some of those middle. I want to know what CJ Chatham's going, right? I want to know that, like, Darren Hawk is going. Just using some Red Sox guys that I actually saw last night. One of the reasons I ran out there and grabbed some video of him, too, so I could, you know, get some stuff we could chop up, maybe with some AFL looks. But I, I want to know about those middle-tier guys, because those are the guys that could potentially make a big jump. I mean, there's been, like, sort of no names that have popped up in the AFL that have had, you know, maybe it's more utility-type careers over the last few years, but a guy like David Boat, who I don't think a lot of people knew about before the AFL, had a great AFL. And, you know, he's sort of parlayed that a little bit into – a lot of major league service time. I mean, he's maybe not an everyday guy, of course, or even a second division regular, but he's a player. He's in the major leagues, right? He's a guy you can know. Um, and I think even before that was like Adam Engel, who did, like tore up the right. AFL MVP. three or four years ago was the MVP. Yep. And you know, he got his stint, obviously, in, in Chicago. But I think sometimes it boosts those guys into sort of uh, the consciousness, even of like the prospect world, where there's so many freaking players out there that you just can't know everyone intimately in a way that you and that's not sexual don't worry about the astro black but i mean like intimately in the sense that like you know you actually know what their swing looks like you know the type the type of player they are um are they faster than maybe you the the type of player or the the, the bucket of player that they're in you know like a guy like bobby Dahlback was a lot faster in person um than he is like you would think he is just based on like he's a third base he's kind of lumbering big guy He's kind of athletic, you know, so he's like an average runner. Um, I mean, it's stuff like that, right? So I'm always excited to to learn some new players or see guys that had a breakout year get out there. I know it's kind of long-winded, sorry. No, you're good. And so you're more of that that kind of hipster almost for the AZL. You don't care about seeing the elite dudes. You just want, you just want the that grudge. Uh, no, I, I, love, I love the elite dudes, but like I said, I think we expect those, right? We kind of know who's sure. coming, so... And it would be boring if I said, yeah, hey, all the great names, awesome, right? We yeah, know the great no, names. certainly. No, Get excited. Certainly. And We're going to talk about those ad nauseum. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be boring here for a second because I just want to say I, I do love that Julio Rodriguez is in it because I think this is the first year there was restrictions beforehand, correct me if yes. I'm wrong, where you couldn't participate if you were, was it not Double in the AAA yeah. that season? Also, they had a limit of one international player per major league team as well. They've lift, they've lifted all the restrictions now. It's pretty much Wild Anyone West, wants, essentially. Yeah, yeah, you could send the Rays could send Mike Trout or the Angels could send Mike Trout to the AFL if they wanted to now with right. the rules. That would be what awesome, would awesome. wouldn't, wouldn't be it? Great. Yeah, 
But well, anyways, serious, Julio Rodriguez, 18 years old. I'm just happy to see. You know, we know he's good. I want to see what he does against supposedly good competition. That's really about it. You know, I just kind of want to see what his numbers because certainly he's been the. I think his average is still over like 500 in in high A and like 50 at bats, which is just stupid. Matt, a, a brief nugget on uh, AFL. What you got? I'm excited to go for the first time this year. Uh, looking forward to it, and I think a lot of the things that like people need to understand too is a lot of these guys are going there because they were hurt this year uh missed some at bats uh over the winter you'll see a lot of these guys traded you'll see a lot of these guys added to the 40-man roster because they're coming up to that limit that's why they're out here um so it's important uh it's prospect finishing school is what it kind of referred to and it's make or break month of games for a lot of players as you're kind of on the fence about adding to the 40 man or whatever. And if they'll get through, or if not, they're exposed to every team because every team's got multiple eyes out there for this month long period. And as it's funny that, you know, they rely on that so much because with all the cutting that they're doing of scouts across baseball, uh, they all converge in this Arizona fall league for a month. And you're going to see a half dozen of these players involved in trades because they like what they saw when they got live looks on them. It's weird, right? How that all works. But that's what's going to happen. So, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see a lot of players like Alec Bohm that I normally wouldn't get to see uh, being in the Midwest. I'm not, I don't have access to most of the players. So that'll be fun. Uh, kind of build our portfolios up and uh, hopefully try to catch some AZL games while I'm out there or some instruct stuff as well. So that's going to be real fun as well. Meeting up with JP, always a good time. Uh, try to keep the partying down to a minimum, um, but it'll be good. <laughs> Sweet, man. <laughs> I, I hope I hope we got some good content coming from you too. I'm I'm expecting it for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. On to the meaty part here of our podcast. So we're trying to think here. What can we talk about this and excite the audience as the season comes to a close? So why not look to 2020 and start wondering who might be some breakout names? And of course, we're always trying to you know be the first ones to buy low on guys or come in on the ground floor of certain guys. So we're try- certainly going to try to help you out. In that regard, in your dynasty leagues, I'm looking at our sheet here of a few names we got here that, that certainly fits the bill. Allow me to be the the you know the one to make listeners roll their eyes and just give them that, give them my first name and let let, let me give my reasoning here. So when I think breakouts, 2020 breakouts, to me it doesn't have to be someone buried in the 200s or 300s of rankings, right? It can be someone who is already inside a top 100 who maybe injury took its toll or underperformance. And now we're, you know, we're kind of maybe just off them a little bit. So maybe think like a Helio Ramos, even like a Luis, Fro- Luis Robert, you know, they, they had their breakouts despite being pretty fairly touted prospects. So in that same vein, uh, the first name I want to give is, is Jordan Groshans, third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays. I sincerely think had he maintained a full healthy season, he'd have been a top 20 prospect by now. Uh, I remember in our in July, right after we released our midseason rank, we we had an article where we said three players we should have ranked higher in our fantasy uh, in, our, in our fantasy list, and we had Groshans 45th on our top 100. I had him 26 on mine. He was my choice, and the reason you know we know Jordan Jordan Groshans he had a stretch injury uh, to a bone in his left foot that you know for a while it was just he was out indefinitely, and finally they did shut him down. So he only played 23 games this year. But in those 23 games, he slashed 337, 427, 482. And granted, the bat was high. But he made tangible changes in his approach. You know, he came in, he admitted he came into the to the professional leagues 
trying to impress, trying to be more aggressive, and trying to wow from the get-go. And he finally kind of took a step back and started tweaking his results. He quieted his leg kick, learned to start using all the fields, and his patience jumped. His walk rate jumped uh, almost double to 13% this year from 7% in rookie ball last year. So really, it's just he's 19 years old. The makeup seems really well, really strong. And had he not gotten injured, I think his stock would have really, really soared. So let this serve as a sort of kind of reminder, maybe in a month when, when or in two months when baseball season is quiet and we're, we're long past making trades or looking at new prospects to pick up. You know what? Start making an offer for Jordan Groshans or make an offer for someone plus Jordan Groshans. Try to make him the throw in because I think he's really, really going to rise up in 2020 and end the season as a top 25 prospect at the lowest. I don't know how much of a bold statement that is, guys, but I really, really believe in, in, in Groshans' bat and the upside it has in it. Uh, let's see who else here. Ralph, I'm choosing you, my friend. Who is one of your 2020 breakouts? Yeah, so I'm going to throw a name out here that I think a lot of people picked for like a 2018 breakout, and uh, it didn't happen until 2019 a little bit, and that's Ezekiel Duran, second baseman with the New York Yankees, uh, played short season ball with Staten Island this year, caught him for a series with uh, JP and one other time in Connecticut, and uh, this kid just mashes. I mean, I have some tape of his BP that I'm going to have to chop up here that I haven't used yet, Um, but I mean, just... Insane raw power, um, utilized a bit of a leg kick, but the hands are super quick, real strong. A lot of pull side power at this point. Started to use more of the field later on in the season. Um, quieted his hands a little bit, what he'd been doing the year before. Um, but he's one of these guys that, like, it's every time he swings, he more or less swings for the fence. And uh, tons of hard contact, and I think it, it's going to play. And uh, he's had a, a very good season. In the New York Penn League, um, one of the better players, uh, you know, on the circuit, 13 homers in 63 games, 9% walk rate. Does have a 20, 27% strikeout rate, but he is 20. And as I said, he's a little bit of an aggressive approach, struggles uh, with a spin a little bit, but dude just kills fastballs at this point. I think it's some of the pitch recognition stuff started to lay off some of the junk. You know, I saw it, I saw it come along, you know, in between sort of three weeks seeing him. So, um I think the batting average will never be great, but I think he's a guy that could potentially hit full season next year and just, you know, absolutely rake. I think I think he could match for Charleston. I think he's it. Uh, so I've, I've always I've never seen Duran, and I'm hoping end of next year he maybe plays well enough in Charleston that he can get the bump to Tampa. Is he physically filled out already? Is that kind of where that strength comes from? Because he has a 250 ISO this year, which is pretty pretty nice and enticing. Yeah, he's uh he's sort of a like a pit bull kind of a body, you know. Okay. Like yep. thick and strong. Mr. Worldwide. No, he's kind of an average end, not Mr. Worldwide. Um, Timber. Uh, he uh, he's probably an average runner now, but I would think probably at peak he's more going to be like a like a forty forty five speed kind of guy. But I think that the hit tool is good enough. I think eventually he can develop that at least to be average or a little bit above average. Plus with that, you know, above average to plus raw pop that I saw in batting practice. I mean, Staten Island put in an absolute show in batting practice. You usually don't see that in uh, in short season ball. Cool, man. I, I have Duran in RDI. I've been holding on to him for a while. So, I, you know, cautiously, cautiously optimistic about yeah. 
Limited profile, but a power-hitting second baseman is what you got. Matt, your first guy is a pitcher, and I always have to check up on him to see what, if his fastball is in the, in the high 80s or mid-90s because I feel like every year it's, it's different. Who, who do you got? What's your first name here? Yeah, Johan Oviedo. Um, last start that he made uh, for Palm Beach was phenomenal. Seven innings, ten strikeouts, uh, four hits, no walks, which is the most important part. Uh, big, decent money Cuban signing for the Cardinals uh, a few years back. Uh, 21 years old. I love the the build here. 6'6", 210. I wish he stood a little more upright in his delivery. He kind of loses a lot of his uh, like downward plane, whether you believe in that or not. Lose, loses a lot of that as as the, the as he's throwing because he kind of lower arm slot and everything. But above average breaking ball. Uh, he flashed an above average changeup in his last start. He kind of was advertised as a guy with a potential plus changeup when the Cardinals signed him. I haven't really seen that uh, in the the video I've seen off of him, uh, but it looked like he was flashing that with a good curveball in his last outing, and I think he's a guy that has something to build on, and you wanted a deep sleeper, and I think this is a guy in a dynasty league you can get for probably nothing, and he's starting to get to double A next year, and, and while the Texas league is going to be a hard league to pitch in, um, well, he's he's in double A right now. Um, but oh, no, yeah, he, he's, he's in double. Yeah, he's, he's, he's twenty-one in double A. So I'll, I'll give him credit. Yeah. He's, he's pitched one hundred and eight innings in double A, actually. And uh, the numbers aren't great, but when you factor in the age and the frame and the stuff, I think he's better than what he's shown. So uh, he's a guy looking forward to take a little jump next year. And I know I've said the frame already, but you gotta love six six two ten, right? So, Ralph, I'm gonna come back to you for a quick question that that I'll ask each of you. So, Matt, what what does a breakout look like for Johan Oviedo then in 2020? Kind of give the audience some perspective. So, again, I'll I'll, I'll kind of run the numbers real quick. So, in he started the year in High A, uh, then moved to Double A and Double A, 22 starts, 5.3 ERA. You know, five it was pretty disgusting. 4.14 FIP. Yeah. If you're curious, and the command was not there as seems. 4.89 no. walks per nine. Did have a 10 strikeouts per nine, so that's, those are the numbers we're looking at. So, what does a breakout look for, look like for Oviedo? And it doesn't have to be strictly numbers, or but more like, does he make a change that kind of allows him to do something sure. differently? So, uh, he's he misses enough bats, I think, to be when you factor in the age for the level, he misses enough bats to be interesting. The big thing with him is the command. Uh, as you can tell in his little stint in Double A, his walks were up almost around five per nine. If he can cut those down to even even, you know, three and a half to four, I think you might have something here. Um, and he's always he's, – he's got stuff that is going to be hard to harness because of the, the, the movement, the horizontal movement on the breaking ball. But uh, if he could find that small adjustment when he gets to double A, the better pitching coaches and stuff for the Cardinals or anyways are in Florida State League and as you move up the ladder. So I think, I think you're going to find that he's in a potential good spot for next year. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about – Oviedo and what what he can do. I've been hearing about him for a while. Him and Alvaro Seas were kind of the two big international arms that they've signed in recent years, and neither of them have been that exciting. They're both turning a corner this year, so don't give up on your uh, high dollar, uh, high priced import pitchers for sure. All right, sounds good. And in 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 twenty seconds here, Ralph Duran, what what does a twenty twenty breakout look like for him? Um, I would say you know two seventy five. 
um, you know, 10% or better walk rate and uh, 20 plus homers. Okay, sounds good. All right, I'm going to give uh, my next guy here is a 18-year-old. In, in 18, I think he might be, actually be 17. Uh, Luis Matos for the Giants, outfielder, and the premier, I think, guy that's going to start really blowing up in the season. So 17 years old, by the way, uh, doesn't turn 18 until late January. Actually, in, in the AZ, in, in the start of the year in the Dominican Summer League, seven home runs, 20 steals, 7% walk rate, only 11% strikeout rate, and slashing 362, 435, 70. Performed well enough that the Giants felt that he merited a move to the ACL. And if you read my article, a few articles ago, I wrote about my last 10 dynasty pickups. And one of the things I always, always look at for Dominican Summer League players and uh, ACL or GCL players are when the organization moves them up a level in season. Usually, sometimes teams let a, let a player ride it out all the year in DSL and bring them stateside the next year. But when they make that jump mid-season, it shows that the team has enough confidence in them that they think the skills can play up stateside. And we only have 20 plate appearances for Matos, and he hasn't done anything great. But he only has one strikeout and, and one walk and 16 at-bats, right? And certainly, he started off 7 for 16. So, you know, a little bit encouraging there. But I do think this is a profile that can be about an average hit tool. And I think the power is really going to come to fruition there. I think he can be a 25 home run guy, maybe a little bit more. And with I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing from his approach at the plate. It seems like he has a good eye from what I understand. I know I'm doing some, of the, I'm doing some kind of uh, box score scouting here. Uh, I don't know if JP's actually seen him yet. I got, I got to reach out to him. He is in the ACL. Uh, but Luis Matos is a guy that I really think you should be Diving into, if you're in at least a league with 200 prospects rostered and it's competitive, I would go as far as rostering him right now because I think the upside is big and I think he does have, he does have speed to go along with some of the power that I think is going to start growing pretty soon. So Luis Matos, really, really get him on your radar, guys. He's gone in all my deep competitive dynasty leagues. I just picked him up in a 14-team league, uh, dynasty league, where I think we have maybe like 250 prospects rostered. And I'm a little bit ahead of the game there when it comes to the lower levels of guys, so I can take my time a little bit. But certainly, again, if you're in a league where you're looking for a guy who can be a big helium name come next year and act as both a trade chip or a potential cornerstone for your team in the next few years, Luis Matos is someone you really, really want to take a shot on and not waste any time. All right, Ralph, who's your next person? Yeah, so the next guy I'm going to throw out there was uh, actually a fourth-round draft pick out of Stanford. Big lefty by the name of Eric Miller. He's a guy that uh, I think probably coming into last season, uh, particularly coming into last summer, had some buzz in in terms of, uh, you know, first-round potential pedigree. He got worked in the Cape Cod League. I saw him one time last last summer and uh, got absolutely mashed. But... um, had a rough year and he's really bounced back in pro ball so far. I mean, I know he's a college arm, but he's made it all the way up to Lakewood and he's missed like a ton of bats. Uh, this is a guy that works at his best 95 to 97. He can touch 98 miles an hour and he's a 6'5, 240 pound left hander. A lot of downhill playing in the fastball. Um, got a nasty slider, kind of a tight slider. Um, he's got a decent changeup that he'll show some feel for. But that fastball, um, you know, with the plane, you know, obviously sort of 
he hides the ball a little bit behind him. A little bit of a short strider at times, but um, I think he does extend pretty well. And uh, he mixes that fastball with that slider and just gets a ton of swing, swings and misses. So he's a guy that, uh, you know, I know has pitched in the GCL. He pitched in the New York Penn League. He's had a couple of starts um, <clears throat> or a couple of appearances, excuse me, for Lakewood so far. So obviously a guy, you know, only thrown 30 or so innings, but kind of got to throw that out uh, out the window when you're talking about college starters. So um, I think it's kind of interesting. Also, there's a curveball, uh, mixes that in a little bit as well. I did not see that. I've only seen the fastball slider and changeup. Um, but I think he's an interesting name to keep an eye on and uh, could be a guy that, that really pops. Uh, Phillies have done a good job of identifying some uh, college arms in the draft. Spencer Howard, for example. I feel like a Chris Bubik vibe here. Stanford too, so that makes maybe that's why. It, I, yeah, but it's yeah, a slider over changeup though. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Is, Miller's more nasty, I think, than than Bubic is. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the mechanics aren't as crazy either. Like, he doesn't have that like you know super heavy leg kick. It's just more of. Uh, I would say it's it's simple from the stretch. He doesn't get really into his back leg. Okay. You know? Okay. But I according to Trevor Bauer, back my push doesn't matter that much. So maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. There's some videos out so, there. Uh, so Eric, Eric, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, Eric Miller's fastball. I know it's not his, his forte. It's more of his it's more of his off speed stuff. So what is what does his fastball look like? And are you kind of afraid of how it might play up? You know, once he starts climbing these levels. Well, he's got velocity. Um, he went through a, a point this year, I think, where he had some dead arm and the velocity dropped to, like, the low 90s. But okay. um, since he's been in pro ball, he's been working, like, 94 to 97. I mean, he's brought the cheddar. So oh, okay. uh, maybe working with professional, you know, professional coaches. Yeah, if you're looking at the Fangraphs page, I think that the, the fastball grade is uh, a little, sure, a little yeah. light. Okay. Yeah. It might be an yeah, average fastball. Enough. I think he's going to lack command at times because he's a big left-hander. Right. And, you know, we know guys that are that big. The uh, will struggle a little bit early on with command, especially if they have that sort of nasty stuff. But um, I'm not too worried about the fastball. Might be a little straight at times, um, but, you know, it's it's a year. I, that sort of detail, to be honest with you, I can't specifically remember because he was getting shelled. <laughs> well, shoot, if it's if it's if it's, you know, 90. 394 from the left side. That's above average for a lefty. Oh, for and if he has some, if, if, seven. He pairs, if he pairs it with, with, with a couple of good off speed, a couple of good secondaries, that's a really nice uh, potential piece coming up for the Phillies that certainly I'm, I'm barely familiar with Eric Miller. So good deep cut there, Mr. Lifshitz. Matt, to, I mean, give me some confidence here, man, because this next thing you, is, uh, I, I feel like there's nothing in the tank left for him. What, what do you got for me? Way too early to give up on him. Uh, I've said this numerous times in the past. It, it, throw out the numbers for a guy, a big, a big international signing, the coming stateside for the first time. And I think Victor Victor Mesa is a guy that's gonna, he's gonna show something next year because you already know the defense. I think the defense. I know Ralph has seen him. Let him give his input here in a minute. But have you seen him, Eddie? I don't think you have, right? Did you miss him when he was in uh, Florida? Have you seen him, Eddie? Oh no, I'm no, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. uh, no, I, I I miss Jupiter uh, literally every single time. I was either out of town or I just couldn't make it to the game, and I was so so mad because they had such a great crop of pitchers, and I never got to see them. Yeah, I, I, but I think with Victor Victor Mesa, I think we all know the defense is solid. 
he's a plus to double plus runner. Um, and I think, you know, the defense alone is going to keep buying him opportunities as well as the price tag that Marlins paid. Um, the lack of power is like, it's a little alarming, but if you look at Luis Robert's home run total, his first year stateside, I'm not saying there are similar players in, in power and speed and stuff like that, but Robert didn't hit a single home run until his AFL stint last year. And I look at him this year hitting 30 home runs in, in double A AA and triple A, but Mesa, I don't think he's ever going to hit that. But I mean, when we profiled him when he got signed and I came away pretty impressed with the overall package and, I just think there's a little bit more here. Uh, he obviously makes contact at a near elite rate. Um, 11% strikeout rate is nothing to sneeze at at all. It's actually really, really good for a hitter, especially in this day and age. But there's with absolutely no power behind it, he can afford to make an adjustment, have the strikeout rate even rise a little bit. It would be a good trade-off to get some more power here. But I, I'm, I'm still in on Mesa, I think. Everybody, there's a lot of smart people that were really high on him coming out of the draft. I think us, or coming out of the, when he got signed, I think us included. And I'm, I'm intrigued still by Mesa. And I think he's going to be a pretty, pretty nice buy low and get him real cheap this winter. So this might be your last time to do that. No, that's fair. And I, you know, like you mentioned, that there is one thing to be impressed by. It's kind of the barrel control that he shows. Uh, looks like he's not going to be a strikeout guy. No. I just, I, I need to, I don't, I don't have his numbers in front of me if he's more of a. Not good. Don't look at him. Well, well, no, I have his numbers, but I'm trying to think, is he, if he, is he more of like a slap guy now, which was kind of not what I expected. Because, again, he had 10 extra base hits in 460 at-bats this year <laughs> and not a single home run. So is, yeah. he, is he more of a slap? Is he more of a five-home run guy, maybe a 20-steal player, uh, as opposed to maybe the 15-25 we expected? I don't. I didn't see a lot of power at this point, but that's not to say that there couldn't be some tweaks or adjustments. I thought there was a good athlete there, um, decent bat speed, not like electric, but good. Um, he's a good, an excellent runner. He got under a couple of balls. He just didn't send that much of a charge into him. I think he's going to be most successful as a guy if he could figure out sort of um, how to develop a line drive stroke where, you know, he barrels a lot of balls, but it's not necessarily with a ton of launch. And he can kind of pepper him hard contact to the gaps all over the place. And he'll hit a ton of doubles, a ton of, trip, ton of triples with these juice balls. Maybe he'll find himself uh, hitting 10 or 12 homers. But um, speed's there. I didn't see him attempt any steals uh, when I did catch him for a game. Kyler's probably seen him more than anybody. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting to see. So um, we'll see. I think that's a good call, Matt. But uh, tough. He needs to have a little bit more pop for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Potentially take the step forward. But, hey, it's possible. I think it's there. So what, is, what does a 2020 breakout look like for Victor Victor Mesa, Matt? Uh, two homers. <laughs> a homer. Two, uh, <laughs> man, 275. OBP won't be much, won't be ridiculously high. 275 average, I'd say maybe like a 310 OBP with elite defense and, you know, five to eight homers and 20 to 25 steals. Okay. Sounds, I mean, it, in, in real life, if the, if the defense is, plays up to what it is, yeah, that's, and that's, major Toro, that, that's, that's, that's a great, that's a great profile. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. And hopefully, 
the the you know major league baseball doesn't tinker too much with the ball in the offseason. They certainly will, but you know if if he does kind of climb the levels, maybe I'm curious to see him a in the, bit of the Arizona top. Fall League because I wonder if they're going to use big league balls. Oh, that's a good question. Do we know that already? I feel like why wouldn't they at this point? right? Because he'll be in the AFL with big league balls, so I'm interested to see that. All right, and we know you like your big balls, Matt. All right, so we yep, got yep, yep, next yep. guy here. <laughs> you guys uh, did your extra credit homework here, so my list ran out. But, Ralph, I'm going to come back to you. Another Marlin on this list. You guys are making me giddy Woo! here. Peyton Burdick, or as he goes by in our Prospects Live group me chat, Peyton Burdick. Why are we excited about this pick, and or rather this player heading into 2020, Ralph? Why, why are we, why are we uh, excited about this bird's dick? Um, <laughs> anyway, hard contact, man. You know, yes. I've heard sto- I've heard stories. I've, seen him I've been year. there. You've seen him this year. And hard, you know, he had the hardest recorded uh, batted balls in the 2018 Cape League. Not Andrew Vaughn, not Spencer Torkelson, not a bunch of other guys that went in the first round. It was Peyton Burdick. I want to say bird dick every time, Eddie. It's, it's put that in my mind. But hard contact, puts the ball in the air, hits homers. He's shown some approach, albeit at the, the lower level. He's already, you know, been successful um, in a stint in in, uh, in full season in Clinton. Um, he's actually played a majority of his games so far there. Um, and he's hit well. I mean, you could look up the numbers yourself. I don't need to repeat them on here. But uh, for me, he's a guy that I think, you know, Went in the third round of the draft. Sometimes it's these third, fourth, fifth round guys that maybe were at a smaller college like like Burdick was um, or struggled, you know, their junior year before the draft. They just had a bad string of starts the wrong time or something like Miller. And these guys can make a jump once they get into pro ball, they get into the right player development system, right coaches. They have access with their signing bonuses different workout plans and different things that maybe they weren't doing before. And they could take that next step and continue to develop. Um, I think anybody going in the top five rounds should be considered, you know, a potentially breakout prospect when you really consider it, if the skills are translating a little bit. And I think Burdick fixed the bill. Um, you know, not an insane athlete, but he's a decent runner. And, yeah, he, uh, he's a, about to say that. Runner. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's a big he's lumber. A better runner. Right. He plays for the Lumber Kings, but he can run. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good runner. He's a good athlete. I actually think he – I mean, I think he's a corner outfielder, but I don't think he's going to be like a guy that just stands there. I think he's going to be able to be at least a – you know, a, won't be a liability in the outfield. Um, but he's in there for his bat. And I think – I think I, I was impressed with him in my one look I got. I, I think he went like one for four, but he – Three line drives, and one of them, uh, Geraldo Perdomo made a diving acrobatic play at shortstop to throw him out. Um, but like he's a, he's a bat for sure. Uh, I know he went to Wright State, so maybe that's kind of how he slips through the cracks. But the third round seems like a steal. Dude, Wright State, Wright State right now is uh, is killing it too. Because good I think program. That, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, JD Orr is another guy that uh, was a Wright State guy, and and he's on I believe team. he has. He he has the uh, he has the highest uh, 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 WRC plus in uh, in short season ball. League? Yeah, yeah, in the New York Ben League. Yeah, yeah it's organ- mostly steals. Mate. He's got twenty seven steals on. Uh, wow, he's also been caught seventeen times in sixty games. Yeah, that's but, right. 
Yeah, my man, my man likes to walk and steal bases, though. So uh, four thirty-three slugging percentage with no home runs. I've never seen that total. <laughs> I've never seen such a high slugging percentage with zero home runs. Victor, 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 Victor Mesa wishes, dude. Yes, he does. <laughs> so real quick, I guess with uh, Mr. Bird Dick here, it's it, the breakout is essentially just stay the stay the course and do it in yeah. high A. But mind you, high A, very Martin tough place Stewart, to do it. Literally the, the the most difficult place, the the most pitcher friendly park in all of minor league baseball. So, Ralph, what do his numbers look like for a breakout? Keeping into consideration the extremely tough hitting environment he's going into next year. Um, oof, I think uh, 50 home runs, uh, 500 nice. batting average. With nice. uh, yeah, I think I think really it just comes to he he hits the ball in the air. Strikeout rate stays below 25%. The walk rate is 10% or better. And he just shows that he's continued, you know, to hit the ball deep and hit the ball hard. A lot of fly ball contact. He gets his homers. Maybe some of them are gated by the games, but I think he's a guy that can move through that system um, pretty quickly and probably only stay uh, in his first stop for maybe two months, two and a half months before moving on up the minors. I think he could be in the upper minors by the end of next season. Cool. And just to give the listeners some context of the Florida State League, uh, right now through the year, the average batter is hitting 242, 313, 353. That's a a 6.66 OPS right now for the average Florida State League guy. So anything, I mean, even if you see like a 260, maybe 320, 330, and like a 420 slug from from Burdick next year, that's a pretty big statement within itself. Given the, given the context of the league. All right, Matt, Orioles pitchers are in vogue again. Who's yeah. yours and why do you like them? Shout out to Jason Kamalowski, uh, Prospects Live crew. Uh, Michael Bauman is going to be my guy here. Um, I think, I mean, this isn't a hot take or anything. I'm not pretending it is, but I think he's a top 100 prospect in six months. Um, I like... Everything he's doing, the changeup has proven to be um, an above-average pitch to go along with the fastball and the curveball. And I believe he also throws a cutter or a slider. Um, but you look at the the jump to double-A, and he's cut his walks down significantly. Getting a little lucky with the home runs, but, I mean, I think that that'll probably level out, and you can see the ARA jump a little bit from it, but... Michael Bauman is a is a really fun arm for the all of a sudden pitching rich Orioles, which is a weird comment to say, say, but their minor league pitching is almost up there with anyone right now. And uh, I think Bowman's a big reason why he's getting slept on a little bit for a third round pick. And uh, I think he's a back end top 100 guy in a few months from now. And I want to give some context to his numbers here. So between uh, high A and double A, he pitched 124 innings, 298 ERA. 142 strikeouts, which is 45 walks. So uh, pretty big numbers for the, for the 23-year-old. Uh, and I think, let me see, the majority of that came, uh, it, was almost, it was almost half and half in, in yep. high AAA, a little, little bit more leaning toward double uh, A when they let him go a little bit longer in his start. So, okay, good call. I don't know if he's going to be top 100 for me in six months, but certainly in that 150 range uh, as, as he kind of keeps creeping up. You're right, man. The Orioles got a lot of nice names coming up. Ralph, I'll confess, I barely knew anything about this guy, pretty much next to nothing on your last 2020 breakout guy. Who is it? Well, that's because he was listed as Logan Simmons, yep. and he's been known as Kendall Logan Simmons, and now he's just uh, Kendall Simmons. 
But I actually wrote about him on February 4th in a post that I combined with uh, pretty much just everybody at the site at that point. Chris Welsh, Dustin won as well. But they were first-year player draft sleepers. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I had I had uh, Simmons. I had Corey Holland, Gianti uh, Turner, Lawrence Butler, who's okay, Sean Gilby. Cal Stevenson was on there, your boy. Jalen Palmer, who didn't really pop, but between Stevenson and, and Simmons, Simmons has been tremendous. Um, athletic, a little bit toolsy, um, probably going to end up at third base long term. Um, we'll be sort of a plus athlete at, at third base, but he's not a great runner more in terms of his motions, mannerisms, moves well. He's a strong kid. A lot of raw pop in the bat, and he's tapped into it in games. I think that was a big question is how much will this guy hit? Strikes out, it's 27% strikeout rate, but I think when you consider the fact that he is 19 years old and only had experience at, rook, at the rookie level last season in the GCL, um, that's pretty impressive. So I think he's a guy that's made a lot of strides, and he sort of has that projectable frame that should be able to add good weight and age well um, you know, over time. Uh, Kendall Simmons is somebody that I like a lot. Um, I like the batted ball profile. He puts the ball in the air quite a bit. Like I said, another guy that makes a lot of hard contact. Um, I think because of uh, the fact that he's played some shortstop and, and he's had a few steals, people may think that, you know, potentially, um, you know, this is a guy that's a speedster, not at all. This is a straight-up uh, power-hitting corner bat. So don't sleep on Kendall Simmons, man. He's fun. Those, the cross-cutter is kind of an interesting interesting take team right now. Johan Rojas has kind of been getting some buzz in the last few weeks in the Dynasty community. Uh, you just mentioned Kendall Simmons, uh, Bryson Stott in there as well. So an intriguing, intriguing little team uh, the cross-cutters are. All right, Matt, this next guy you mentioned was in that article I had previously talked about, yes. 10 Dynasty pickups. Uh, one of my favorite names here. Give me who he is, what he plays, team, and why is he a 2020 breakout name for you? See, I was waiting for you to try to pronounce the name, and I was going to piggyback on how you did it. Oh, I, oh here we go, here we go. You ready for it? <laughs> Leo, I'll do it with a Spanish tint, too. Leover Peguero. No, Leover Peguero. There you go. Leover Peguero is... Uh... There you go. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, Matty. I uh, touched my uh, Latino roots, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Pogaro is is another fun shortstop in the Diamondbacks seemingly bottomless pipeline of lower level um, dynamic teenage athletes, and I think Pogaro fits that bill. Six one one sixty, so you obviously can see where the there's room to grow there. Uh, he has run into a little bit of a wall getting called up to uh, Hillsboro uh, this year, but. Uh, he hasn't hit for the power he did in the Pioneer League, which isn't a shock at all. But he's walking more despite struggling, and the strikeout rate has actually been better as well. Small sample, only 19 games there. Small sample overall, 38 games at uh, in the Pioneer League. But you touched on with with what you wrote on your piece, Eddie. You think he's an intriguing potential power bat, and I think the power is ahead of – I like Geraldo Perdomo. I think Perdomo is a top back-end top 100 guy now. Uh, Pugero has more power than Perdomo did at this stage and uh, might be a comparable fielder and runner. Um, and I think the hit tool projects to be similar. He's not going to walk as much as Perdomo, but I think Pugero is uh, – he might have an overall better hit tool. Um, obviously, long way to go, 18 years old. 
extremely raw. It doesn't turn 19 until uh, New Year's Eve, actually. Um, but I'm in on him. Diamondbacks are churning him out like nothing, and he's just yet another piece of that machine right now. Well, there you have it. 10, 20, 20 breakout names. I'll briefly run through them again. Jordan Groshans, Luis Matos, Ezekiel Duran, Eric Miller, Peyton Burdick, Kendall Simmons, Johan Oviedo, Victor Victor Mesa, Michael Bauman, and Leo Bear Peguero. So some really deep cuts there. Guarantee you some of these names are out there, even in your deeper dynasty league. So certainly take advantage and feel free to follow up with any of us on Twitter if you got some questions of who you want to, who you might drop for some of these names. We'll sure. take another quick break here. As I prepare for uh, uh, this hurricane about to slam me, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start lubing up some Astro Glide all over the walls to make sure that when I get bounced around, I'm, <laughs> I, I, hit, I hit the services. Oh I mean, man! Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, boys. It only took me two minutes. I, I, I live in a small apartment. Okay. <laughs> Just... Dynasty moves we're making. We're not making trades anymore. I think at yeah. this stage, I don't know if we even want to talk about the ads we're making. I guess if I'll give you guys a chance, or pick a league that you're either making a push in, and what moves you're do, what moves you're making to try to close that gap, or maybe finish strong. What do you got going on, Matt? I'll start with you. Is there a league that you're in that you're in some sort of a hunt, whether it's like a consolation ladder thing, whether it's like a chase for the championship? <laughs> what are what you, you saying? Got? What are you trying to say? Hey, man. No. Uh, Everybody's got different windows. Yeah. Um, the main couple of dynasty leagues I play in, unfortunately, pickups are locked for the rest of the season because we're marching down toward the playoffs. Um, and I have a list of guys that I, I'm not going to get into because I know people are on. I will listen to it, but there's a couple of guys I'm just being active and going to know that I'm going to try to pick up as soon as I, I can and be available um, also just trying to get do some prep for that, uh, 2019 first year player draft. It's right around the corner. So look for stuff for that, but, uh, no pressing dynasty moves right now. Um, it's kind of that time of the year where you kind of are what you are for the rest of the year and just kind of ride it out. All right. Sounds good, my man. Ralph, are you chasing down any leagues right now? Any, any yeah, man. Leagues, Devils. Any home leagues? What are you, what are you doing here? All my, all my trades and devil's rejects have, uh, Put me into the driver's seat. That's the one with you know Eno and, and all the BP riders and Salfino and Coldstein and you know everybody. It's a stack league, but um, you know it's 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 kind of funny because uh, it took me a while to build this team. Kind of did through patience, some trades, good drafting, good pickups, and. Uh, Got 172 points as uh, 20 teams, and number two has 166.5. Put this in perspective, um, the uh, fifth-place team is 140. So I got a nice lead right now. I mean, I guess there could be a chance if everything sort of falls apart. Um, potentially, I could lose it, but I made some I made some great trades for pitchers. Um, you know, I did add Syndergaard, who I know was really bad this week, but up to that point, since I had added him in July, um, I think his uh, ERA was under two. 
and the peripherals sort of backed it up. Um, added Lucas Giolito, who's been up and down, but for the most part has had some phenomenal starts as well. Added Sonny Gray, who's uh, helped, and, and then Eduardo Rodriguez. It's really fortified my rotation. Added that to guys like Jack uh, Flaherty, Walker Bueller, Josh Hader, um, who I already had. So uh, I was able to build up a core of pitching at the trade deadline with some trades and unloading some prospects and pieces that I had that were sort of surplus. And even injuries to guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Wilson Contreras really haven't hurt me all that much offensively. I still lead the league in most of the categories. So that's my best league. And then uh, got my longtime so that's, dynasty that's league. Team, that was a 20-team Roto League. So you're, you're in first yep. there. I'm right? in first place. Yeah, 172 points. Number two has 166. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Hold, hold tight, man. Yeah, I think we're climbing, too, because we're adding all, in all these pitching categories because we had all relievers early in the season, which kept the ratios decent, but the strikeouts were low or high in saves. Since we added all these starters and good starters on top of that, we're getting volume strikeouts. So we're making big charges there, and the guys have pitched well enough that uh, it's actually boosted my ERA and, and peripherals a little bit, so or, or uh, ratios a little bit. So it's been helpful. My longtime dynasty, I just want to mention this, in the last week, that was the league where I was able to add Max Scherzer. I did win that bid. Uh, ended up cutting a few different players that were overpriced. A guy like Lorenzo Cain, um, I had plenty of outfielders to replace him. And um, beating up on somebody and crashing their uh, their hope of making the playoffs and uh, cementing myself as a top seed in my division. So uh, I don't know if I'll win it this year, but I, I have a great pipeline of prospects coming up. A lot of good pitching, a lot of good hitting. Even have Victor um, Robles actually sta stashed in the minors. So I'll have him forced up next year as well as some other pitchers like Dustin May. Um, and, you know, laundry list of other names that go through, but it's pretty boring. Team, I feel like this year kind of made the playoffs a year early, but we're competing. I got a shot by Adam Max, especially in a head-to-head -head league, pairing him up with a guy like Garrett Cole, Patrick Corbin, um, and then Tehran, Kyle Gibson. Got a nice little rotation going there with a really stacked bullpen, probably the best bullpen in the league. So I'm um, looking to see if I can maybe steal a series, you know, from some of the top teams. Uh, think of the power rankings, I'm like fourth. And the top two teams are really, really stacked, which tends to happen in some of these dynasty leagues. So uh be interesting to see if I can how deep I can make it in the playoffs. This is my first time making it in five years. Um it's been a slow grind with this one. Those are the best ones, though. They uh, when they pay up. Yeah, the yeah, team I took over nice. was so bad. I think when 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 you sort of take over like uh uh forgotten roster sometimes or someone that's mismanaged or just didn't have deep knowledge of the player pool in a deep league like that where, you know, it's 30 minors per team, 18 teams. So you can do the math. Um, you don't know the player pool that well. It's going to be hard for you to really manipulate it and get guys for cheap. And, uh, I mean, I, I got Fernando Tatis Jr. in this league for a minimum bid of $100,000. Um, I think going into 2017 and uh, then was able to trade him for, you know, Ozzy Albies and uh, Cole and a few other guys, so it was, it was good. I like yeah, that. Uh, as as for myself, I'm I'm usually pretty confident about certain leagues where I'm going to come in and like, I think I have a good shot of winning it. I'm doing well in pretty much all my leagues. I just I'm not sure I have the confidence to know that I'm going to win them. Uh, you know, for example, you start with the expert leagues, the TGFBI Champions League. I'm in second place there, but I'm nine nine points behind Kenyatta Storin. He's number one right now. 
I feel like I've kind of almost tapped out my road of score there. And it, it's really me, my offense has let me down. Home runs and RBIs, I'm a little low. And so every, every week I'm just kind of churning, trying to find the right bat to kind of help me come through. And in, in, in RDI, the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational, which the three of us share a league. You know, we're, we're all in that league. Trying to chase Ryan Bloomfield. I've been second place for a long time. He's, I came as close as six points to him from second place, and then he just pulled away. He's at 180.5 points as the time we record this. I'm at 164. Another one where I made a lot of moves at a deadline to try to keep up with him. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Bummer. He, he's looking to repeat as a, as a champion now. And then I got I got a bunch of head-to-head leagues that I'm really just kind of – I'm going to wait to see which which names are good to stream. Uh, next week, as, as a lot of my playoffs start, uh, I've identified Mike Leak on Tuesday – at home versus San Diego. A little risky, but I think I think he might be a good play. So that's something I'm, I'm already trying to look ahead. Uh, Mitch Keller, I believe, faces the Marlins. I know he just got blown up, but, I mean, it's the Marlins, right? Uh, so, yeah, man, I need, I need some good juju over here, guys, so I, I can uh, enter these playoffs with some confidence because I got solid teams, and I'm getting hit by some injuries here and there, and definitely a lot of teams where I had Kluber and Carrasco and Stanton, and that never worked out. So hopefully uh, – that that does work itself out. Her stand is close though. He, I mean, yeah, he's he's. He, I think he's taking VP now, <laughs> but he's gonna come back for one game and strike out and get hurt again. So that's that's the story <laughs> of Sanson there. But anyways, appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode of the Prospects Live Dynasty Podcast. Again, stay tuned to the website for a lot of the great content that's gonna be dropping uh, regarding AZL and and kind of minor league recaps from across the league. If you're in Florida listening to this. Uh, Please stay safe. Make sure you're all right, especially if you're on the East Coast. That's kind of where the path of the hurricane is, and it takes itself toward. I'll be all right with all the Astro Glide and Chef Boyardee to my heart's content here, so don't worry about me. But otherwise, tune in next week. We'll see you around. Hopefully, if I'm still around, <laughs> we'll catch you later. Have a good one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.